As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. All right, we're live. We got to make sure we've got Facebook with us, so we got to let it breathe just for a moment. <clears throat> and then we're going to fire this bad boy off officially, and we are. Good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him as the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, hope you had a great weekend, my friend. Good job today on Kelberman's Corner. We'll talk more about some of the things that came out of uh, today's episode. But first and foremost, my friend, how was your weekend? It was okay. It was uh, kind of Chill, I'd say. I just, uh, same old, same old chat, just grinding away, covering two teams and getting ready for the draft. And uh, it's always weird not podcasting on Friday and Saturday. I kind of miss it, but then I'm always excited to come back Sunday. So how was your weekend? It was good. It was a good weekend. Um, Been traveling around a lot the last two weeks for vacation and visiting family and stuff. And so it's been nice just to have a couple of two, three days in one place. And uh, so things have slowed down for me. I've been fiddling around with my music. I'm, I'm building a studio at my home. And so I've any spare time I get outside of uh, MHH, outside of the fam, I've been doing that, recording some stuff and just kind of scratching that creative itch. But Zach, I got to get your thoughts on a very, very interesting article that came out today at milehighhuddle.com. One uh, Dalton Reisner, I almost said no offense. One Dalton Reisner recently appeared on the podcast – of let me just uh, get this going here. Bear with me one sec. Of uh, the Matt Lombardo show. All right, let me blow this up. And he addressed. See, the last thing we had heard about uh, Drew Locke and Peyton Manning as far as 2021 was Peyton back in February uh, when he was asked uh, talking about the fact that hey, I'm a Drew Locke fan and I'm really pulling for Drew, which is cool, right? It's it's, it's interesting to hear that, but. It comes off more as a type, you know, kind of like a platitude or you're not sure if it's just a platitude, just a guy saying something nice about the other guy because the other guy currently is, you know, the incumbent starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Well, fast forward to this past week, Dalton Reisner appears on the Matt Lombardo podcast and he says, quote, Peyton Manning is a big fan of Drew Locke. Him and Drew have been doing a lot of work this offseason and watching film. So if he's on board with Drew, I'm on board with Drew too. It's been fun, closed, 
quote. So, Zach, Peyton Manning, his little his tutelage of Drew Locke continues into 2021. It's a, it's definitely encouraging, and uh, hopefully that throws a kink into the narrative that Locke doesn't want to get better or Locke doesn't have what it takes to improve because – uh, you know, going to Peyton Effing Manning for advice and for support, that's a pretty good uh, boon to lean on, Chad. That's a pretty good buoy for his development, having Peyton in his corner. And as we all know, this isn't the first time. Uh, last year, he hooked up with Peyton Manning, picked his brain a little bit. I think even as a rookie, he reached out to him. So there's always been a connection between Drew Locke and Peyton Manning. And let, let us have a little disclaimer by saying, no, we're not saying Locke is going to be the next Peyton Manning, but it's encouraging that he's still with it, still picking a future Hall of Famer's brain and trying to get better. This cannot make him worse, Chad. That's for sure. It's really interesting because you hear from the inside, you're, you're always wondering what's the internal view of Drew Luck. I mean, we heard Philip Lindsay on his way out the door to Houston talking about how, you know, this is on Drew to, to basically make it happen, right? Find a way, make a way. You, you can't wait on external factors. You know, it's up to, it's up to Drew that he's got the talent. It's, you know, he's got what it takes, but at the end of the day, to close the gap, it's up to you. And then we hear what George Payton said back in March during the, uh, I think it was the Ronald Darby and Mike Boone introductory press conference where he said, we like Drew Locke. Fortunately, we have a quarterback while also saying that, you know, we're keeping our options open and we'd be interested in bringing in some competition. Well, Dalton Reisner went on in this same conversation. This is a little bit dense, Zach, but I want to read this for our audience because it actually provides some pretty good context to what I believe based on the things I've heard, the signs I've read externally is the, is the true view of Drew Locke inside the building. And this is, this is Reisner talking to Lombardo quote, I hope it's Drew. I'll shoot you straight talking about who's going to be the quarterback, blah, blah, blah. I hope it's Drew Locke. I've got a lot of faith in Drew Locke. One thing that we don't think about is you look at some of these great quarterbacks and how much it took them to develop. They didn't just become a great quarterback. I sat down with Peyton Manning a few weeks ago. We talked about how rough his first few seasons were. Look at Patrick Mahomes. He sat on the bench the first year. I mean, there's a lot of guys that became elite quarterbacks. It takes them a year or two in the league. The league's different. I could tell you right now, my job is hard as hell, and I wouldn't trade my job to be a quarterback in the NFL for a day. I wouldn't do it because they have the hardest job in the league, one of the hardest jobs in the world to perform in front of everybody. And if anything goes wrong, they are the easy scapegoat. It's Drew Locke's fault. But Drew's my quarterback. I got a lot of faith in him. I think he's a competitor. I think that last year was the first full year he played. You could treat that as one of Peyton Manning's first years or the year Patrick Mahomes sat on the bench, whatever. It was a learning year for Drew. So obviously we know this is a huge year. We need to have a better season than 5-11. and 11. Man, you might need to record this interview and save it in your files because I sure hope here in six months you're like, dude, you were right, because that's what I'm banking on. Close quote. Let him hate, baby. <laughs> Chad, let me just say, first of all, nothing Reisner said here is is groundbreaking or mind-blowing. I think it's kind of sad that he has to remind a, a, a luxurious fan base like Broncos country with such lore that a young quarterback is still developing going into year three, that a quarterback with uh, a certain number of starts under his belt that's still very much raw, tangibly raw and intangibly raw, is only going to get better. And he's saying, listen, I hope uh, the narrative is wrong about Locke. I hope he outperforms everyone so we can say, listen, we knew what we had all along. But, you know, I see some comments. There's a certain 
Drew Locke critic in the comments every single, I won't mention him by name, that kind of poo-pooed the Peyton Manning thing. Okay, you can poo-poo that, but the feeling out of the locker room is that Drew Locke has the support of veterans, of, of younger players, of older players, and of course also of George Peyton. So this narrative or this speculation that he's not this team leader, he doesn't have the pulse of the locker room, I think that's patently false, Chad. And I think every interview that's come out this offseason has disputed that. And Reisner here uh, with authority. He also went on in the same conversation. I didn't put this in the article, but he went on to tell Lombardo did Reisner basically more kind of a commiserating kind of a lament that, man, I, you know, I don't understand. I'm paraphrasing him here, but like, you know, people are so impatient nowadays. They want the results right now. And that's what kind of led into that last block of, of, um, of words that I just read the quote from, from Reisner that look, it takes time. And, you know, contextually, there's a lot of truth to that. But at the same time, you know, you're you're juxtaposing that in a modern NFL that sees guys like Justin Herbert come out of the box onto the field and then break NFL records. And so fans see that. Right. And then they get uh, caught up in QB envy and they think, well, if Justin Herbert could do that, the Broncos can do that if they if they draft a quarterback in the first round. Well, not all first round quarterbacks do what Justin Herbert did. And I, I, I got to reiterate here, Zach, and then we got to get to our, our matters of business here. I'll serve it back over to you that, you know, it's very rare to see a rookie quarterback come into the league and in year one, lead that team to a winning record, lead that team to the postseason. Herbert, despite all his record breaking stats, couldn't do it. Finished sub 500, could not forestall Anthony Lynn losing his job. You, you can go back to 2018 on Lamar Jackson taking over for an injured Joe Flacco. You know, he balled out of the box, and that team ended up making it to the playoffs. But from there, Zach, you really have to dial it all the way back to 2012 to Andrew Luck and RG3 to find a rookie of note quarterback that led their team in year one to a winning record. And if you actually watch the Justin Herbert tape from last year, not to take anything away, he had a phenomenal, you know, record-setting rookie season. And you can talk about Anthony Lynn getting fired, and rightfully so, but he was handled really well on offense. I mean, the plays they called for him, the game plans they had, I saw a comment that mentioned he had a security blanket in Keenan Allen. He had another one in Austin Eckler. What did really Drew Locke have for a security blanket last year? He had a, a two rookie wide receivers and a tight end that was being phased out by his own offensive coordinator. I just think if he was handled a little more a little better and, and they and they called plays and they schemed to lock strengths just like the Chargers did last year with Justin Herbert. That team was decimated and he's, they still put up numbers. They weren't winning a lot of games, but the development and the progress that you saw on offense was tangible and it's it's on Herbert as well. I mean, he he had a hand to play, obviously, in that. But the coaching, and if you watch it on tape, I mean, the eye test is right there. Locke did not have that. And I and I mentioned this on KK today. Whether you're on either side of the aisle, whether you support Locke or don't like Locke, I think we can all agree that Pat Shermer really did him no favors, nor no favors to any player on the Broncos offense. So until that changes, how do you expect the entire operation to take a step forward? I firmly believe... And I might not test my hypothesis until 2022, but you put Locke with better coaching. He's a night and day different quarterback. We'll continue to address this topic. We'll get to your questions. We'll get to your super chats. We got some stars to uh, shout out here in just a moment. And then also some other buzzworthy stories and things that we've picked up over the last couple of days here at MHH. We'll get to all that. But first, we got to say thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. Guys, 2020 is in the books. 
not only are we basically entering the second quarter of 2021, but it's springtime, baby, right? It's warming up around the fruited plain. You've got summer rapidly barreling down. And if you want to take your male grooming to a whole other level and be the best version of you you could possibly be, Manscaped is here to help you do it. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And look, it's helped me. It's helped Zach. It's helped John. That We use this product. I use this product. I'll speak for myself literally every single day, Zach. Yeah, I can't say that I use the below the belt aspect every single day because most guys don't need that every single day. We're of a different kind of species in that in that aspect. But I definitely use this at least three, four times a week because it's your entire body, guys. For the lawnmower 3.0 that I'm holding that still has a charge. And anyone who's tuned into these podcasts knows I have not charged this thing in weeks now. And I use it under my neck, on my shoulders, on my face, on my body, on my arms. If you go to the gym, if you're going to the beach, if you're out in the out, things are opening up. You want to look better. You want to feel better. And once again, Chad, I can attest to it as well. Manscaped is the premier product to make that happen. From the weed whacker for your nose and hair to the lawnmower to all the different accoutrements like the crop mop, uh, the crop preserver, the cologne, which is called uh, refined. There are so many different tools in this toolkit for Manscaped to help you take your self-care, your male grooming, what it means to be a man to a whole other level. So head on over to manscaped.com. If you use the code HUDDLE, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. And your boys, they'll thank you. Yes, they will. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code HUDDLE. Guys, follow the pod on Twitter, all right, at HuddleUpPod. Also, the main account, at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, as you can see on the screen. Our producer, Buona Beast, is, is how most of you know him, especially on YouTube. On Twitter, it's at John K, MHH, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Also, gentle reminder to head on over to the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a T-shirt, get a mug. We are completely in the, we're in the process of completely revamping that. Um, and we're going to be doing a whole new rollout of our merchandising for MHH, for the Huddle Up podcast, for all the podcasts. It's coming in the very, very near future, so stay tuned for that. But there's still some great, great items that were just – they have sold like hotcakes since we opened up the store in January of 2020, and we owe that to you guys. But check it out. It's another way to support what we're doing here. Also, talking about support, head on over to our Facebook page, the main page for Mile High Huddle, and you'll see the big blue button. You click that, you become a supporter you get access to Kelberman's Corner, which is every Sunday at noon. Plus, you get access to the Trickle Zone, which is every Saturday at noon. Just just yesterday uh, for Eric Trickle's, I, I want to say it was the fifth episode of the Trickle Zone, he broke down the top 10 edge rushers in this class and the top five interior defenders on the, on the defensive line. And I'm telling you guys, if you really want to know what's going on in this draft, if you really want to know how these dominoes are going to fall, this is how you educate yourself. This is how you do it. Eric Trickle's already done the work for you. You just show up and, and learn, all right? Very edifying, but that's how you do it. It's only for supporters on, on Facebook currently. We're going to be rolling out very, very soon a three-tiered membership option on YouTube, and we'll unveil that here in the very near future. But for now, if you want access to our premium video content, including Kelberman's Corner and the Trickle Zone, you got to become a supporter on Facebook, the big blue button. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, it's all good. We're seriously just stoked to have you with us. We do ask that you, number one, subscribe wherever your preferred spot to listen or, or watch the podcast is. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you have notifications clicked. 
like the video. It's, guys, we, we humbly ask you to like the video. If you're watching this on Facebook, even if you're only in the, in the chat with us for two minutes, give it a like. Also on YouTube, those two platforms especially, you guys have no idea how much that can help us, a simple, a simple thing. And then number three is the litmus test. If we're doing a good job, or at the very least, if you respect the effort, share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. And Zach, before we dive into some of the questions that are queued up, I want to say thank you real quick because with, with Facebook, the way it works right now, this is how we have to do it. Shout out to Joshua Shadow for very generous stars on uh, Facebook and also Gary Leeds Palmer, who was there today for KK. Appreciate yes, you guys. Thank you, we'll guys. Keep, we'll keep an eye out for your questions or comments in the chat. All right. With that being said, John, let's grab, uh, let's grab Ed Keating and welcome in, everybody. It's good to see each and every one of you. Most of our regulars in the chat, including one of our superstars, Edward Keating. Appreciate you, dog. He says, I love seeing Peyton Manning still working with Drew Locke. I can't wait for Locke to prove all the haters wrong. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Denver Broncos for life. State of being. Hashtag let them hate. Yeah, it's really cool to see. And honestly, I don't, I'm not sure if Drew Locke, if Peyton Manning didn't have pretty good, a well-founded knowledge that Drew was, was probably going to be the guy this year. I'm not sure how much of his time, Zach, he really gives to Drew Locke, if not for that. You know, I, I think obviously all bets are off. You never know. A GM could suddenly fall in love with a quarterback and you never know. But I think Peyton's pretty confident in the belief that Drew, they're running a back with Drew at least one more year. And if that's so, I think those making the calls and those in the locker room going to war with Locke side by side are okay with that. And I saw a comment, I, I it flashed off the screen, I believe it was from Charlie Beagle that said, everyone seems to like Locke except Broncos fans. Everyone that's, that likes Locke except the people who should like Locke. And it's a little disappointing because... Broncos country, myself included, you, Chad, everyone out there pined for a young quarterback, and you finally got one, and you're developing him. And as Reisner said, you're going through the growth spurts. You're going through the ups and downs that we talked about, the roller coaster that we all laid out, Chad and I, last season, all week. 
every week last season. So that's what you're going to get in a young quarterback. And if you have to run it back with him one more time, it's not the worst case in the world because he wants to get better. He's actively working with Peyton Manning to get better. And what other quarterback in the NFL has that resource, Chad? None. That's exclusive to Drew Locke. And if he can even learn one thing, if he can even be 1% better, then I will take that. And this all precedes what's expected to be uh, more throwing sessions, passing camps. He's going to organize more than likely before training camp. He's going to get more chemistry down. He's going to have more time to work in this offense. You know, God forbid it's Pat Shermer, but at least he has time and continuity. So if you have to run it back once more with a young quarterback, as people are telling you, Inside Del Valley, not just me and Jet, but Dalton Reiser and George Payton specifically, it's not the worst case in the world. There's a lot to like about Locke, despite what the fans believe. Uh, John, real quick, I, uh, the stream just did a jump. I got Michaela next, but in between, we have Muhammad, Tanner, and Willie, if we can get those uh, great superstars queued up. But, Zach, I submit, you brought up something there. I think there are two main reasons, all right? Broncos fans should not only not be – skeptical of drew all right but like actually be excited for drew for 2021 and that is the fact that he's getting the the same offensive coordinator the same playbook in back-to-back years which is the first time since his sophomore to junior year at mizzou and in that second year of having back-to-back systems at mizzou is the year that he broke the records in the sec as far as passing and look the sec in its existence right going back through the uh through the history books They've had some pretty prolific quarterbacks snapping the ball, throwing the ball around in the SEC, and Drew, in that second year of benefiting from the same scheme, blew the doors down. The second thing I think fans should see as a great cause to be, if not excited, at least optimistic, even if there's some caution tempered there in that optimism in Drew Locke, is the fact that he's getting Cortland Sutton back. All right, Mm -hmm. And the 2B – to that is you're getting Jerry Judy in his second year development, stepping forward under Zach Azani, and the same for KJ Hamler, and the same for Noah Fant, who, of course, the difference being he's going into year three. And you have an easier schedule. And on paper right now, you're returning the same offensive lineman, you know, except for Juwan James. And if he if he plays well this year, you have a potential top 12, top 10 offensive line with Mike Munchak. So, you know, all the, the groundwork is being laid for Locke to either bomb or succeed this year. And I like that, Chad. I mean, we're Drew Locke fans, but we also submit that. It's on him completely. You know, it's on him. It's it's make or break for Locke this year. So if he's not the guy, that will come out in the wash, as you like to say. And we will all recognize that. And we will gladly eat crow if he, if he is not the guy. But anyone who, and I saw a comment that I absolutely agree with here, anyone who watched the second half of the season, or particularly the last four games of the season, you saw a different quarterback. Was he Mahomes? No, a few quarterbacks are, but he was a lot better than he was in the first half of the season. And that's less to do with Pat Shermer reportedly chopping down the playbook and Locke just being more comfortable. The finale against the Raiders, Broncos Raiders, was on NFL Network over the weekend. If you watch that game, you know, ignore Vic Fangio's defense, ignore the timeout gaffes, watch Locke and how comfortable he is. That might have been his best start in a Broncos uniform. So he's only getting better as time goes on. And if you invest in that and don't give up on that, I believe firmly you will reap that reward. Well said. Muhammad MHH, male model in the house. Seriously, day every single day, consistent. Appreciate you, my friend. Your generosity, your support, your passion, your contributions to MHH and what you bring to the community, my friend. 
just know that we see you. We don't miss that. We appreciate you. And uh, you mean a lot to us. Yes, sir. Muhammad, you are the best, man. We appreciate your support in KK as well and all the hyping you do on Twitter with the dragon gifts. I love it. We definitely appreciate you. Thank you. Most definitely. Tanner, good to see you, brother. Good to see Tanner. Um, He goes, what's up, boys? I'm happy to be back on the live chat with you guys. Who do you realistically see the Broncos taking at nine? Hashtag state of being. Hashtag let them hate. Uh, Good question. And by the way, great to have you back, Tanner. Thank you, buddy. Um, I think honestly... We'll see how the board falls, but I think honestly the most likely if what you're asking is the realistic outcome is George Payton uh, Payton trading back, Zach, and somewhere into the – well, we'll see, just trading back into the first round and taking, you know, whether it's a Jameen Davis, the the linebacker, whether it's maybe he has to go back a little bit farther and he takes an Eric Stokes, one of the great offensive tackles, maybe uh, Tevin Jenkins – Somebody like that. Now, Zach, if they hold hold Pat end up picking at nine, it really is going to be contingent on how the board falls relative to the quarterback right. situation. Because if it ends up going unprecedented, one, two, three, four quarterbacks, then some really good blue chippers, Zach, are going to be pushed right into the Broncos' lap potentially. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, I mentioned this on KK today. kind of all depends, assuming the Broncos are staying at nine, it depends on what the Niners do at number three. 
If they take Mac Jones, there's a chance that either Lance or Justin Fields falls to them at number nine. And if that's the case, they would consider taking one of those quarterbacks or, like you mentioned, Chad, moving back to a quarterback-needy team, of which there are many. Talk about Washington. New England is a team that can really make a move to the top ten. I would not discount them. The Bears even. The Broncos are sitting pretty at number nine. That's why I'm not jumping to trade up to number four. They're guaranteed to land a blue-chip prospect at a position of need. Whether that's a quarterback, whether that's someone like Micah Parsons, you mentioned trading back, Chad. They can move back a few spots, you know, and still grab Parsons potentially. So they really have the pick of the litter of non-quarterbacks, whether it's a corner, inside linebacker, offensive lineman, anything they want to do, they can do it at nine. Or if George Payton wants to collect more darts for the dartboard, he can move back a few spots and still get his guy. Willie in the house. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. He goes, man. I said Drew needed to call up Peyton day one, getting me pumped. I bet Drew shocks a lot of people this year, assuming Shermer <laughs> isn't terrible. It's a big assumption to make. It is an assumption, but here I'll give him one small benefit of the doubt, and I'll say this about Pat Shermer. In the same way that you know Drew Locke and all the, the skill position guys in the O-line had to learn the scheme, you know, Shermer had to get to know each and every one of his guys, and that is a learning process that does come with the learning curve, and – depending on how apt, depending on how experienced you are as a coach, you know, is probably what's going to determine how quickly you navigate that, that, that trial and error pitfall. But nevertheless, you know, he's getting to know his guys and he's got, he got to know a lot of his guys, all the, all the, all the better, I guess, uh, in 2020. So for that reason alone, and just also the, the knowledge that if it does end up being Drew, he's going to benefit from that continuity I at least am cautiously optimistic that we'll see a better version of Pat Shermer's offense in 2021 than we did last year. Because remember one last thing, Zach, we learned from Pat Shermer halfway through the season. It was at some point in October that they didn't install. They didn't have time to install his entire offense because all these dudes, I mean, they did the zoom thing, but so many of you in the professional world, since the pandemic hit, you have participated in zoom meeting after zoom meeting. All right. Many of you right now are nodding your heads. Yep. Been there, done that. It's not as easy to learn in those environments. Some people, hey, man, it's no problem. It's no skin off their teeth. They can learn just as easy in that environment as sitting in a classroom with their teacher. But look no further than kids that have been affected very adversely since the pandemic hit that have had to that have been forced to have to learn exclusively online in some of the states that have been uh, much more uh, draconian with their shutdown and their school rules and all this. It is affecting kids in the same way. And kids are the sponges, right? Zach, kids are the ones that, you know, I was just talking to Carl Dummler, who congratulations to him on uh, adopting the, his, his two sons that are coming from the Dominican Republic, which is just phenomenal, phenomenal blessing. But I was talking to him about the fact that they are native speaking Spanish, right? These boys that he's, that he is uh, adopting. And I'm like, do you speak Spanish? And he goes, no, well, a little bit. We're trying to learn up on it, but no, I'm like, well, how are you going to communicate with these two kids? He's like, well, we're told by the, you know, the uh, uh, adoption agency and whatnot that these kids, because they're kids, they show up in once they're in America for, you know, three months or so, they learn the language, like they can communicate, they can speak. That's kids, man. Kids are resilient. So if they struggle, Zach, with online learning, imagine how, and most of you right now, the adults watching this are nodding your head. It's difficult, Zach, to learn in those environments, which is why getting them in the flesh in OTAs instead of meeting these guys for the first time on the doorstep of the regular season is going to be an arrow. I think in, in Shermer's quiver. 
I mean, Chad, I'm almost 32 years old, and I'm the exact same way as most school children. I have to actually be doing something. I have to be doing it, not just being told it for me to learn. I, I learn by doing, not by listening. And I think Drew Locke is the same way. But to your point about Shermer, you know, I'll give him that. Like, I, we give Locke that excuse about not having the time last year. But hopefully Pat Shermer got to know what a screen pass is. Hopefully he got to know what a jet sweep is. Hopefully he got to know what creativity is and ingenuity is because there was none of that last year. So it won't matter the step forward that Locke takes if he takes that, if Pat Shermer so phasing out Noah Fan, ignoring Jerry Judy, just not doing anything that's conducive to the offense's success. But I will be fair here. I said it's an assumption for Pat Shermer to not be terrible. It's also an assumption for Drew Locke to shock the world. You know, let's be more realistic and say if he can go nine and what is it? Nine and nine and what is it? Nine and seven now? Nine and eight? Uh, no, nine and nine, eight or ten. Nine and, and eight. 10 and it's, seven. it's weird to say now. Yeah, nine yeah. and eight, ten and seven. I think, you know, having that type of season would be a shock for most Broncos fans, but to expect him to shock the world by it being the year of Drew Locke or him being the MVP, I think that's a little hyperbole as well. So we have to be fair to both sides because, again, Chad, it wasn't just one or the other last year. Both were at fault. Both were complicit, Locke and Shermer, in the Broncos' offensive struggles. Well said. All right, let's grab this very generous super chat from Michaela. Good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate you. Another one of our great superstars that's in the chat day in, day out, showing love, supporting the cause here. Duchess. The Duchess. That's right. She says, I think Drew will ball out this year and prove the little naysayers uh, crowd wrong. Lots of love. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to – I mean, this is not us ignoring some of the warts from Drew's game last year that were – uh, concerning to say the least, right? That stretch, especially from week seven to week 10, he showed some alarming signs at times of technical, not only technical regression, Zach, with his throwing and his platform and his footwork and all that, but failing to see some pretty obvious things uh, when it comes to reading the defense and stuff like that. But then he turned it around. And so the, <clears throat> excuse me, the same people that will poo-poo the uh, Drew Lock truthers, for lack of a better term, they completely omit. It's like the season ended in week 10. They completely look, overlook and omit what occurred week 11 on. And you have to put week 12 out in a separate category and just move past it because Drew didn't play. But from week 11 to week 17, it wasn't blow the doors down, transcendent quarterback play, but it was you can win with this guy if you're not missing half your defense, your number one wide receiver, and all the other foibles that this team had to roll with last year. Yeah, Michaela, uh, first of all, thank you so much for your generosity. Once again, you are quickly rising up the MHH leaderboards and the Super Chat Superstar rankings. Unfortunately, it's not a little crowd of naysayers. I mean, the fan base, like that comment posited, Chad, that most of the fan base is either against Locke or very skeptical about Locke. And I understand it to a point because, like you mentioned last year, it wasn't just little little things here and there. These were major fundamental flaws in his game, you know, passing, footwork, mechanics, reading the field, not committing turnovers. But let me ask you a question. This is non-rhetorical. What young quarterback hasn't had a, an issue early on in their development reading a defense, committing turnovers uh, with their footwork, with their technique? This is what a young quarterback does. And everyone wants those instant mashed potatoes. They want to pop them in the microwave instead of peeling the potatoes, chopping the potatoes, putting them in the pot, and, and making them the right way. You're not going to do that with Drew Locke. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But even Mahomes needed some time to learn under Alex. Alex 
Smith. Every young quarterback needs development. You can talk about Justin Herbert. He had his flaws last year, too. He did not throw any interceptions. He did not take any sacks. He did not have any fumbles. He lost a lot of games to start off. But yet, his fan base is patient. Uh, the Chiefs fan base was patient with Mahomes. Every fan base seems to be patient and seems to understand what entails the development of a young quarterback, unfortunately, except Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. We got a super chat from a newer name here that we don't recognize. So welcome, Riley. Thank you. Appreciate you. Connect with us on uh, Twitter so we can keep tabs on you. His question, appreciate you, Riley. Will Pat Shermer use Noah Fant this year? That's the million-dollar question. In fact, this very topic came to mind for me today reading one of Eric Trickle's scouting reports on uh, Pat Fryermuth, the tight end uh, out of Penn State. And, you know, he was a guy that right before the pre-draft season started, he was viewed as a as a bona fide first round pick, and maybe he still ends up as a first rounder. That was before the true stratospheric rise of Kyle Pitts, but more likely he's a he's an early day two guy, Pat Fryermuth. And as I'm reading that, it's like, look, how do you can you project a tight end like that to Denver? Let's say in the second round, I would not love to see it, but at the same time, if they did land a guy like Pat Fryermuth, you know you're getting a upper echelon tight end prospect. But Zach. As much as Drew under Rich Gangarello thrived in the two tight end sets, 
Pat doesn't use them. Pat telegraphs. If there's two tight ends on the on the field in a Pat Shermer offense, it's a 90-plus percent chance that's a rush. It's going to be a run. And so, you know, look, that speaks poorly to the concept of two tight ends. The one tight end thing, Zach, I can't put, I can't wrap my brain around it because if you go back and look at Pat Shermer's body of work in the league, whether it was in New York with uh, Evan Ingram, or you can go back to Philly and some of the tight ends there, Minnesota with uh, Kyle, what's his name, dude? Rudolph. Rudolph, thank you. He used his tight end. He didn't use a lot of tight ends. He didn't use a lot of multiple tight end sets, but that first tight end on the depth chart got a lot of touches, got a lot of looks. And you wonder, like Zach's already mentioned it at least once on tonight's podcast, Noah Fant. I mean, blows the doors down in the first half of week one. And you're like, that was great, even though they completely went away from him in the second half. And then the next week, it's inverted. Dis- not Nowhere to be found in the first half, Zach. Then he blows the doors down in the in the second. And you're going, if we could just get a full 60-minute focus on Noah as a weapon from this offense, God only knows how productive this cat could be. Will we see that officially in 2021? I'm not getting my hopes up, but I still think Noah Fant's going to have himself. A- He's the – Number one breakout candidate on this offense in my book. Yeah, I'm there with you. And you mentioned Fryermouth. That's a great uh, tight end prospect. John in the comments mentioned uh, the Notre Dame tight end Tommy Tremble, who's another uh, nice mid-round option, second or third round. Uh, I wouldn't mind him. But let me just point out one thing real quickly, okay? It's really sad that a fan is asking if the Broncos are going to use their former first-round perennial or potential perennial Pro Bowl tight end. It really is a shame that the offensive coordinator has such a reputation after only one season in which he ignored or completely went away from his weapons. You mentioned the opener when he was nowhere to be found in the second half. He led the Broncos in receiving. They went away from him until the last drive of the game. I seem to remember, it might have been week two or week three, after that, they overcompensated by forcing him the ball on every single passing opportunity. But it wasn't just him. That's the sad part here. You invested a first-round pick in Jerry Judy. You don't use him correctly. You invest a second-round pick in K.J. Hamler. You don't use him correctly. So it wasn't just one player. It was a patch problem last year. I hope to God he gets his head out of his posterior and manages and and correctly uses his tight end who would start and be a a star on 25 teams in the NFL who is better to me than TJ Hawkinson, his former teammate. The Broncos have a future stud. I'm talking about perennial pro bowler on their hands and they don't want to tap into that. That's pretty pathetic to me that we're all wondering that out loud in in what year three of the Noah Fan era. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. It's a it's a true head scratcher. And I think in fairness, you can charge some of that to just the inexperience of the trigger man for Drew, who had a lot on his plate in terms of even without Cortland Sutton, you had some bona fide playmakers crying and demanding the ball, including Jerry Judy, including Timmy P. Patrick, who emerged last year. And then once he got healthy, KJ Hamler as well. So, you know, I think as Drew continues to season and Drew continues to come along. That'll only pay dividends and, and kind of trickle downhill to a guy like Noah Fant. Regardless of what the play call is in his ear, he's going to start looking more and more for Noah because Noah's a trustworthy playmaker. Let's grab Chris Hernandez, a bona fide superstar and a 25-year veteran of the United States Air Force. Just very recently celebrated his 25-year anniversary in the in that uh, armed force. Love you, bro. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing better. He says, let him hate. And good reminder here, hashtag click those little thumbs up, everybody. Appreciate you, Chris. Really do. And one thing I want to say, Zach, as I serve this over to you, the let them hate hashtag. Let me remind everybody. 
this was this became a thing during the 2020 offseason. All right. This was on the heels of Drew's five game exposure as a rookie. And the let him hate hashtag came from the national media <clears throat> pro football focus <laughs> constantly hating on Drew Locke and Zach coined the term. Right. And that's why we got the T-shirts. That's why we got the hashtag and all that. And I only bring that up, Zach to kind of reinforce the notion that that has only intensified the whole let them hate. Mm-hmm. That was before 2020. I'm so happy I didn't put 2020 on that T-shirt, though, because that can be applied to this year as well. And I'm still very, very much confident that he will uh, prove a lot of haters wrong, and they will hate on him by the end of the year, and they will all eat their crow because that's what they do, the national media. That's just so uninformed. But I appreciate people uh, like Chris, like everybody else, furthering that hashtag, and I want to keep it out there for anyone who supports Locke. Bite your tongue now because come September, I'm firmly in belief that you will see a different quarterback will be successful with the Broncos. Christian, in the house. It's been great having you back in the chat, my friend. Hope your time away was uh, refreshing. I know you went on – I think it was vacation, right? I know you were were away from home, but he says, my biggest question is when will Shermer finally figure out how to use Noah F. and Fant? He has all pro potential, but Shermer can't use it. Kind of sad. We feel you, man. We feel you. It's it's a true head-scratcher. I mean, look at week six as an example. I don't want to I don't want to flog a dead horse here. All right. But week six, no offense, unless I miss my mark, was healthy and in that game. I'm gonna go ahead and pull it up. Uh, no offense stats. All right. And that was the debut of Albert O, right? And Albert O had he should have had, you know, 120 yards and two touchdowns, but he dropped two touchdowns and he dropped a few other key passes in that game. But he was most evidently, Zach, a focus of that game plan. Like Pat Shermer drilled it into Drew's head, feed Noah because or feed uh, Alberto because the Patriots don't know him, right? They they're they're expecting you to go to Judy, they're expecting you to go to Noah Fan, they're expecting you know. But this this rookie who we're just debuting now, he's flying under the radar. Go at him. We need that same kind of focus, but for Noah Fan. Yeah, and I'm glad Christian brought this question up. We appreciate your support as well, Christian. Thank you. Uh, my last comment about fan, I'm thinking to myself, Chad, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll even give Pat Shermer the benefit of the doubt, and I'll say, okay, he will find a way to get Fant open or at least get him the ball this year, you know, barring Locke's play or the quarterback's play. But this is a non-rhetorical question I'm posing. What happens the first time a defensive coordinator takes away Noah Fant? Do you out there, because I don't trust Pat Shermer to readjust and to outwit an opposing coordinator, I don't. That's where I, I fall short with my Shermer support or lack thereof. I don't think he has what it takes not only to game plan, but when the chips are down, you get punched in the mouth. I don't feel like he can accurately counter that's beneficial for his talent. Quick, quick shout out to the stars for tonight. We've already given some props to a couple of these guys, but Randy, Brad, Jeremy, John, Sean, each of you, we really appreciate your support on Facebook, giving us some stars, supporting the cause as official subscribers slash supporters. It goes a long way. Trust. Uh, Speaking of a supporter and speaking of a guy dropping some stars here on Facebook, Brad Murdoch, he says, with Vic knowing his job is on the line this season, I think he gives Mike Shula a shot at calling the plays on offense if, so he has a qualifier Mm -hmm. here, Shermer bombs out. Personally, I think Shula would bring the offense out of the 90s thoughts. I'm not going to lie. I think it would be really interesting to see Mike Shula calling an offense for Drew Locke as opposed to Pat Shermer because 
even though Pat Shermer's the guy with two head coaching swings and a miss in the NFL, Mike Shula, as an actual play caller and an offensive coordinator, I submit has a more proven track record in the league. Now, with Shula, you have to go back to 2015 to to find his most, I guess, his crowning achievement as a coordinator, and that was the Carolina Panthers offense that just led the league, blew the doors down. Cam Newton, all of a sudden, he goes from being a hype machine the first two years he's in the league. Everyone loves Cam Newton. He's breaking records here left and right. And then he kind of fizzles, and he kind of goes into a little bit of a – I don't know how – what's a good way to put it? He just kind of becomes irrelevant. The Panthers aren't really a factor. It's all about the Saints. It's all about the Falcons in the NFC South. But then in 2015, everything comes together, and he balls out. They get all the way to the Super Bowl and then run into that buzzsaw that was Wade Phillips' defense. But I digress here. It would be interesting, Zach, but I just don't think that's really a consideration for Vic Fangio as much as you know we can put on our tinfoil hats and, and speculate and theorize. Yeah, that's my thing as well. I believe, you know, there could be a scapegoat for sure. And for Fangio to save his own behind, he might fire Shermer. But then I'm wondering, how does that reflect on Fangio? He fired Scangarello after only one season, specifically to hire, went out of his way to hire Pat Shermer. What does that say about Fangio, who, despite what everyone else says out there, he is a lame duck because he better win or he's gone after this season. What does that say if he's firing the guy that he handpicked to save the entire offensive operation? including the quarterback. So I think, like I, I mentioned this, I believe it was on the last podcast, it's all in or all out this year. You're going to go all in with Vic Fangio's staff, his his coaching staff, and also his quarterback or all out. So if they win, great. If they lose, house cleaning time. AC says you know, on YouTube, I find it interesting that Jensen and Kelberman are the only MHHers that continue to believe that Locke is the guy. Guys, here's the thing. It's not so much first, – first off, we uh, – one of the things that I think sets MHH apart from so many of our great counterparts and uh, competitors out there in the Broncos media landscape is the fact that we openly encourage and want to cultivate um, unique free thought. Right? I, as publisher and editor-in-chief and Zach as the deputy editor, we're not trying to cram our opinions and our view on any of the other analysts and writers and podcasters and all that stuff to each their own. All right. We're that's that's one. Two, we're not even saying so much that Drew is the future. What we're saying is we've seen enough from Drew up to this point. You've you've walked the desert this far with Drew. You would be doing yourself as a team and Drew a disservice by not seeing it through this year. And there's even an argument to be made that, hey, man, give him his whole rookie contract. But because of the fan outcry, I won't I don't need to take it that far. I'm going to keep it just 2021, give him 2021. And then he might actually prove to turn the corner and show you he is the guy. I find it interesting that Casey Martin is the only person in the comment section tonight that believes Locke is the devil or believes Locke is, <laughs> is the next Paxton Lynch or a worse version of Paxton Lynch. So, you know, turnabout's fair play, Casey. Two can play at that game. You're more than entitled to your opinion, as are we. And uh, we're just higher on Drew Locke's stock than you are. It's fine. That's what makes America great is diversity of opinions. Sean, appreciate your stars, my friend, on Facebook. He says, y'all are my favorite. Appreciate you. What's up? Hey, how is our interior D-line looking, and how much depth do we have? Great question. Thank you for the support, Sean. It did improve this past week modestly in terms of the depth when they signed Shamar Steven, the former Minnesota Viking. But don't get out over your skis on Steven. Like, this is a guy that at one point it looked like he might be something. 
but he can't rush the passer. He's a he's a he's a run stuffer. All right. You might get that odd sack or two in a season, but he's a guy that George Payton and Vic Fangio, Bill Kalar, we'll see how he jives with Bill Kalar, by the way. That remains to be seen. But he's a guy that you can plug in, Zach. And you know, when when Draymond needs a breather, when Shelby needs a breather, he's a guy that can hold down that five technique uh, and play, you know, kind of rotate through. You can play the three, you can play the four, you can play the five. But just don't expect him to uh, come save the day. Like this isn't Shelby Harris who just needed an opportunity. This is a guy that's kind of been – he's had his opportunities. He's been chewed up and spit out not only by the Vikings but the Seahawks and then the Vikings again. Then you throw in McTelvin Ajim going into his second year. I'm actually expecting some relatively positive things from uh, McTelvin Ajim. They call him Sosa, by the way, in the in the building. And then also shout-out to Deshaun Williams who really emerged last year in a – desperate, dire moment of need and proved to be quite the playmaker for the Broncos. So Demarcus Walker, Zach, one of our, uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call him one of our favorites, but a guy that you and I have kind of been relatively optimistic about over the years. It's looking like he's signing with Houston. So those are your three depth options behind the projected starters, which include Shelby, Draymond, and then of course, Mike Purcell on the nose. Bill Kalar, I mean, Shamar Steven better get used to being cursed out constantly, been yelled at and F-bombs, but I, I believe, and I said this on Twitter after they signed Steven, I said this on the podcast, it was either that night or the next day, the Broncos defensive line is quietly underrated, Chad, or at least it's, it, to me it's pretty stacked. You have your starters, like you mentioned, you have at least three key backup pieces, and I like what Steven did in Minnesota. Like you mentioned, he's never going to be a pure pass rusher. He's like Sylvester Williams with a little better agility, and it's always good to have those guys on the roster. They beat the Zach Kerrs and the Billy Wins to me. And this is all before the draft as well. The Broncos are going to keep stocking that cupboard. And But you look at the starters alone. When you have Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, and Mike Purcell, and then behind them you have Ajim, who we're all high on, Deshaun Williams, and now Steven, that's a pretty good defensive line in front of those linebackers and that secondary. John, real quick, the stream just did a jump. As you can see here, I got Seth. But in between, we need Burn the Guitarist, we need Simon, we need Call of Duty. We need Zeus. We need Jake King. We need Mike Kane. We need Chill Will. We need Tony D.A. Dub. And then we're, we're current. And by the way, Seth's super sticker is an emoji of the thumbs up. So, Seth, really appreciate you, brother. Really appreciate you. Our friend Zach, a.k.a. Burn the Guitarist. Always great to have you in the chat, my dog. Good to see you. He says, hey, guys, it's always good to see a lineman protecting his quarterback. Yes, it's really cool. <laughs> Look. The, the Drew Locke, Dalton Reisner dynamic is, I think, one of the more unique ones in the in the building because, Zach, you know, they, they were not only drafted back-to-back, 41-42, so they have that kind of brotherhood going on, but they were put together as rookies. They were bunked uh, during rookie camp, and they were bunked during training camp. So, I mean, I, I don't know this for sure, but I am relatively certain that Dalton Reisner is one of Drew's closest friends on the roster. And so he goes to bat for him. And I don't think it's just, I mean, it's definitely, there's a bias there because it's his teammate and it's his friend. So, you know, you gotta, you you gotta be wise to that somewhat, but that's as it should be. This is his, you know, they came in together. He's in charge of protecting him on the blind side, even though he's a guard on a tackle, you want to see that. And Reisner is a very articulate, outspoken guy. Like when he, when someone puts a mic in front of his face, Zach, we heard there at the combine where he steps up, and we're in the must, right? There's there's dozens and dozens of media. <clears throat> they got the, the the podiums are set up. They got his name, a name card. We've never seen this guy in the flesh. We've seen his his cut ups and stuff on YouTube, but we've never seen him in the flesh. 
It says Dalton Reisner, Kansas State. All of a sudden, you see a flurry of activity. You look, here come the players, the, the prospects, which are the linemen, out of the hallway. They're all jumping up to their respective podiums. Dalton Reisner, he does something completely different than his fellow brethren. The other ones, they get to their podium, and they just kind of chill, and they wait for that first question to come in. Reisner, it's like roll call, like he's showing up for, for you know, day one of Marine Corps, you know, uh, intensive training. Dalton Reisner, offensive line, Kansas State, <laughs> go, basically, right? And we're just like, whoa, blown back. Like, this dude's for real. This guy's a force of nature. So every time this guy gets in front of the mic, he's going to say something genuine, legit, powerful. And so when he does speak to Drew, you know, I think it behooves everyone to, to listen. Zach, I think, meant this comment figuratively, protecting Locke through the media verbally. I was looking at that literally. I mean, it'd be nice for Locke to have protection because remember when he hurt his shoulder because Elijah Wilkinson can't block a guard masquerading his tackle? I mean, it'd be nice to get Juwan James back, return these five offensive linemen. And we all, you know, Reisner did not have a great season last year. He let up a lot of pressure in pass blocking. He was also breaking in a center, rookie center next to him as well. So a year of Cushion Bears experience, you have hopefully Glasgow's healthy now. He should be uh, what the Broncos signed him to be. Talk about bowls. You got Juwan James hopefully playing at a Miami Dolphins level. This could be a really good offensive line. And if they're a good offensive line, that boasts even better for Drew Locke. Yep, that definitely bodes well for, for Drew. Simon, who was there today for Kelberman's Corner, showing some love, contributing to the conversation. Yes. Here he is today up there Thank in Canada. You. He's one of our great superstars, and so many of them, uh, so many of you, and so many of even non-superstars, our great listeners, exemplify that hashtag, that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Simon, it's wherever you are. All right, that's where Broncos country is. He says, tough call at quarterback. I want Locke to succeed, but when will Denver be? Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. In another top 10 situation with four top quarterback prospects, I'll leave this to Peyton and support the team no matter what. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, and that's all you can do, my dog. That's all you can do. And in fact, Zach, that was the topic of your your show today with Kelberman's Corner is, you know, if the Broncos were to just say, you know what, we've fallen in love with a quarterback, so we're going to go ahead and slap together that deal. We're going to maneuver. We're going to swap with the Falcons. Now we're sitting at number four. You have a quarterback that you could live with in that moment, even though that's not necessarily you advocating for this to happen. I actually advocate for it not to happen. I think you, unless the Broncos and George Payton are a billion percent, not a hundred, not a thousand, not a hundred thousand, a billion percent uh, convinced that their quarterback in this draft is attainable, then they should not go up and get him. One might fall in his lap. But Simon, what a novel concept, supporting the team no matter what. So obviously you wouldn't mind running it back with Locke, but if that wasn't the case, you'd still support who's under center. I wish more of Broncos country would uh, get on board with that mindset when it came to Locke. But, you know, if, if, if they love Trey Lance, let's say, Chad, and Trey Lance falls to them at number nine, obviously that's a gift, and you can't look a gift horse in the mouth. So you take him there. But to move up to number four for maybe even Mac Jones, if the Niners is all a big smokescreen and Mac Jones is not their number one quarterback on their big board, that's not good business. And one thing about George Payton, to this point, he's a good businessman as a general manager. All right, I'm just I'm just DMing John real quick here. Uh, Call of Duty, still one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite handles. Appreciate you, dog. You've been really active lately. Not just our podcast, all the podcasts, and we see you, we appreciate you. It goes a long way. You're definitely becoming a superstar, so keep it up, my friend. He says, Kellen Mond, that's the Texas A&M quarterback, is a great day two option, a great arm, athleticism, and mobility. Also, he's a four-year starter and won a lot of games. Reminds me of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, uh, he is interesting. Like, I wouldn't I, – I would be much more inclined to get behind a – draft pick that's a quarterback in late round two, early round, well, round three actually would be the soonest I'd, I'd probably want to see it, like Kellen Mond. He's a very interesting player. If it's not Kellen Mond, a guy like Davis Mills, the big difference amongst many between a guy like Mond and Mills, though, is that, as he mentions here, Mond is a four-year starter. So you have more of a body of work to say, look, we can evaluate him and more confidently project what he's going to be at the league, uh, at the league level as opposed to a Davis Mills, who's a, basically a one-year wonder at Stanford. I like the idea of like a round three potentially for Mond, 
but that's assuming the Broncos hold Pat or trade back at nine and they're, they don't, you know, there's, there's nothing funny going on in the top 10. I also see a lot of Dak Prescott in Doc Helen Mond. Mm-hmm. And if you can get Dak Prescott, that would be incredible. Here's my thing though with Mond. I think based on the way the quarterbacks are just coming off the board projected in this draft class, I would not be surprised at all if he went in the first round. And not just that, if he went high or fairly high in the first round, maybe the late teens, one of these teams, Washington, New England, Chicago, is going to make a stunning quarterback move, either a trade or a selection, and Kellen Mond could be that guy. Second round, the Broncos want to go there at number 40. I have no problem with that. You're talking about getting Kellen Mond and, let's say, Micah Parsons. That's a hell of a haul through day one and day two. One of our legacy superstars, and a Mount Rushmore superstar, Zeus McPeak. And Zeus, Zeus you know, he's, he's got a life to lead. He's got things going on. Has been in the chats as much as he's been in times past. But anytime Zeus is in the chat, like today during KK, tonight here for the Huddle Up podcast, we just uh, count our lucky stars and, and are grateful to have you. Stu, hope your family's doing well. Hope you're doing well. Love you, bro. Thanks for the support, as always. Yes, Stu, and thank you so much for your support of KK earlier today. You are the man, and that's why you are the George Washington of this podcast, the founding father. So we love you, Stu. Thank you. You're the man. Um, Real quick, a shout-out to Mike Kane jumping in on Super Chat. Great to see you, Mike. Good to connect with you on Twitter as well. He says, hey, guys, great show. Just wanted to mention Cortland Sutton. I think fans forget how good he is at the catch point. His ball skills were missed last year more than people think. Such a great target for luck. I agree. And that's that's one of the points. It's not a huge demarcation between Zach and I on, on this particular topic, but as much as I like to see Tim Patrick emerge in the way that he did last year, and he did some things that were very impressive at times, that's one of the things that separates him and Sutton as a true X is just simply my ball at the catch point and making those insane highlight reel Megatron caliber catches where you're like, how the Sam Hill did you haul that in? Like, I think back, Zach, to uh, Drew Locke's first start in week 13 of 2019. Those those two touchdowns in the right corner uh, to Sutton, especially the first one. I mean, and even a couple games prior when it was Brandon Allen starting against the Browns at home, that touchdown he swooped in front of Denzel Ward, who was, you know, the bee's knees, the latest flavored, highest drafted cornerback that year in the draft, you know, number four overall pick. Sutton completely posterized him. He can make those plays. And Patrick, don't get me wrong. He can make plays too, but just not quite at that same level. So, yes, can't wait to see Sutton back in the in the orange and blue and running routes and catching balls from, from Drew Locke. It's going to help. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, you stack up most receivers against Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's better. I, I'm a huge Tim yep. Patrick super fan, but, you know, there's no comparison in talent there. And, Mike, I agree with your premise, but how can any Broncos fan forget about Cortland Sutton? And this is the, the recency bias, I believe, that's echoing throughout Broncos country. Same thing happened with Demarius Thomas, Philip Lindsay. I mean, when a player just disappears for a little bit, even Von Miller, a player just disappears from the, from the national spotlight or from the attention, and they're just forgotten about. Cortland Sutton is a top 10 wide receiver. He is a little mini version of Megatron. And you're talking about Megatron in this offense with Jerry Judy, with KJ Hamler, with Noah Fan, with Melvin Gordon, and with a potential top 10, top 12 offensive line. It's scary is what it is. They put that all together, Chad, with Pat Shermer. This is a lethal offense on paper. All right. We are, amen. We are at 56 minutes. We got a few great superstars. Very, very patient. We got to get to, but we got a rapid fire. We're on the or uh, more than just the back nine. We got to kind of muscle through these last ones. And we love doing it. Don't don't get me wrong. I say that like it's some kind of, you know, don't don't make don't don't make the uh 
don't don't interpret that to mean that we don't look forward to doing that. It's just that we're running out of time, so we got to kind of hustle. Jake King, good to see you, bro. By the way, you should get on Twitter and connect with us, my friend, because we we would look to tag you after every single pod, but don't see a Jake King Twitter account that I'm familiar with. So he says, I've seen a few people saying Davis Mills could go in the first. Is the hype real? Is he the best quarterback outside of the big five? Um, he's up there. He's one of the – the. I don't think he'll end up going in the first round just because, you know, I mean, you're going to draft six quarterbacks or, or six Qs going to go in round one. I mean, 2018 it was – Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen, Allen, Jackson. That was five. That was insane, right? That was a lot of cues going in round one. I don't think you'll see six this year. I think the soonest you would see Mills go, absolute soonest, is round two. But I think most, as as talented as he is and impressive as he, he was at times in that one year at Stanford, I think most NFL front offices, Zach, they're kind of skeptical. They want to see more. So they're not going to put themselves out there too much on such a small body of work because it's not even like a Mitchell Trubisky, who was also a one-year wonder at NC. You know, Mitchell Trubisky was truly dominant in that one year. That's why he ended up being the first quarterback off the board in a class that had Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Mills, also a one-year wonder, wasn't quite as prolific in that one year. So I think he'll end up being probably like a third-round pick would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, someone compare him to someone like Trey Lance, who is unproven, but his ceiling and his potential is just astronomical compared to Davis Mills. I think you know, I'm a little more optimistic, Chad, on his draft stock because quarterbacks are such a premium in this draft class. It's it's remarkable. I think he will be the first quarterback taken in the second round. I think Kellen Mond is the best of the non-big quarterbacks we've mentioned, Jones, Fields, Lance, Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. And I believe Davis Mills and a team could trade up for him. There's going to be a lot of movement. I think he will be the first guy to go in the second round, though. If it's the Broncos number 40, I would not cry at all. Chill Will, man. Very generous super chat, my brother. Thank wow. you so much. Thank you. Seriously, that hits us right here in the fields, and wow. it goes a long, long way. All right, so thank you so much, my brother. Appreciate you. Always great to have you in the chat. He says, what's up, fellas? Just showing some love. Zach, people are, are great listeners, whether they're superstars, whether they're supporters on Facebook or not. Just understand that this really does, this the support you see from Chill Will, from Mundungas, from all our great superstars, that's what keeps us going on the, the YouTube podcast programming. All right. That's what allows us the means. It provides us the means to not only continue to show up for you seven days a week with a, with a podcast at MHH, but dedicate more and more of our time and creative juices to our video and our podcast offering. So chill, Will, mile high salute dog. Yeah, Chill Will, thank you so much. And we talk about it all the time off air chat, how grateful we are. And we're so excited and passionate about debuting these new shows and these new, uh, the merchandise store, these new membership tiers. And not just monetarily, we're not talking about a, a, an amount. We're talking about the interaction that we get, the support that we get, the questions that we get, the debate that we get. I love bantering chat with you mm-hmm. with comments. I, I love having a difference of opinion. If we all agree to be boring. But yep. Chill Will, you blow us away. Thank you so much. And uh, if you have a question, feel free to fire it in. Amen, brother. All right, Mundungus, there he is, the Broncos wizard in the house. Appreciate you, brother, reminding everybody. Smack those little thumbs up. Good to see you. Really appreciate you. Another guy, I think Mike's been with us approaching the one-year mark that he's been active in, engaged in our community, and it's been really great to uh, to have you, Mike. So thanks, brother. Thank you. Um, all right, John's getting one of our longtime superstars queued up, and there he is, Tony, D-A-Dub. Got to plug his business there in L.A. Discount Audio and Wills, 
Always great to see you, bro. Hope the business is doing well. He says, what's up, fellas? Finally get to listen live. Keep up the great work. Appreciate you, Tony. We'll keep an eye out for any specific questions that you might have. But another superstar off the top rope, Zach. It's always a better podcast when we see DA Dub in the in the side chat. So thank you so much for your continued support. It's amazing. All right. Um, we're at one minute or one hour and one minute. So we really do gotta kind of hustle here. Um, Michaela jumping in again. Appreciate thank you. you. I think the real problem with the Broncos offense is Shermer not calling a good game or using his players properly. Uh, hashtag let him hate. I feel you. Like you, you're always going to wonder, Zach, what, you know, if he can get that together. Cause I listen, when this is one of the things Zach and I disagreed on, he was a lot more skeptical of the Shermer hire than I was. Like, don't get me wrong. I actually liked Skangs for the most part in his, his first year as an offensive coordinator. And especially once Drew entered the equation, but when they turned the page to Pat Shermer, I went back and I I did my research. I watched Phil not only from Daniel Jones in New York, but going back to Keenum in Minnesota, and then even before that in Philly and and Cleveland. And I was excited about Shermer. He really disappointed me because of what you're this very point right here, Michaela, which is he failed to show any kind of awareness of the talent that he had and how to maximize and utilize them to their to their best ability. It was very much a a square peg round hole mentality. And I want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in the same way we give Drew the benefit of the doubt of the the no OTAs and the no preseason. And the, I mean, again, he didn't actually enter the same room with any of his players, didn't even meet any of these guys face to face till July, late July. All right. So I think that had an effect on, on Shermer as well in terms of some of the issues that we complain about and that were very real, but we complain about them nonetheless. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I'll be fair here. I think Shermer was the biggest problem of the Broncos offense last year, but he certainly wasn't the only problem. So we have to hope as well that Locke takes his steps forward, that he doesn't turn the ball over, that his mechanics get cleaned up and his footwork gets better, his technique is improved. But that's why they hired Pat Shermer. That's why they hired Mike Shula. And it's on them, Chad. And, you know, this is where I disagree with you. Yeah, he didn't have OTAs, he didn't have the reps, but he's a two-time former NFL head coach. He's a long-time offensive coordinator. If it takes you that long to get your playmakers in space, get the ball in K.J. Hamler's hands, it says more about him being stuck in that archaic 2005 offense and not where he belongs in 2021. No, it's a fair criticism. You know, It really is. It's a fair criticism, especially when you know and you realize he's a former AP assistant coach of the year as well. Uh, Jeremy... Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. He goes, Thank I you. want Locke to do well. He's my quarterback, but no matter what Shermer does, if Locke doesn't stop the turnovers, we won't win consistently. Agreed. Uh, consistently. True. Absolutely true, man. Locke, and here's the thing, like 15 picks is a lot, but I want to I want to also couch it a little bit. We're not talking about Jameis Winston level 30 <laughs> picks, right? We're not even talking about Peyton Manning level 26, 27 picks as a young player in this league. 15, it just so happened in that year, tied him for the most picks in the league. But 15 is not crazy, crazy, crazy relative to the uh, to the current league and the and the way it's such a passing league. But when then you also, Zach, throw in his lost fumbles, uh, which I want to say there were four of them. I think he – no, I think it was 18 actually, total giveaways. So three lost fumbles. Um, you know, that's too many. And Vic Fangio will say it too. You know, the, too many, man. He put the defense in too many hot situations that – we couldn't get out of too many short fields, flip the field position, you know, give away the momentum. So that's on Drew to curtail and be much more discerning on not just his reads, but like 
look, you got part of making it in the league is, you know, you want to embrace that gunslinger mentality, like Brett Favre, right? As an example, you want to, you want to be able to have the cojones, the cashews to, to quote Zach here, uh, to, to feel like I could test the defense any moment I so choose, but part of really becoming, you know, you want to become the best of being a game manager and a gunslinger. And part of that is the discernment of when to push those limits. And that's something that Drew is still kind of feeling his way toward. And we can only hope that part of turning a corner in year three, if indeed that does happen, is getting better at picking those, you know, when that time is. I don't remember at the top of my head those three fumbles, but I'm willing to wager at least one of them had to occur because the offensive line broke down, Chad, and they weren't protecting Drew Locke. But, you know, we uh, we talked about this on KK today. A sect of Broncos fans wants Teddy Bridgewater in the building, and either as a starter or the backup. And his biggest asset, according to Broncos fans, is that he doesn't turn the ball over. Well, he threw 11 interceptions last year. So you're talking about 11 versus 15. That's not much of a difference. I'm glad you brought that up. 15 picks for a gunslinger, a young quarterback in his second year with all these different, uh, not excuses, but facts, you know, not having his players, not having OTAs, having Pat Shermer. It's not that bad. That's what the type of quarterback does when he plays in that style. Is it good? No. We want those numbers to come down for sure. We want them to be, you know, 8 to 10 or so. But it's inevitable. Young quarterbacks are going to turn the ball over. And even someone like Teddy Bridgewater, who's a veteran and who's uh, supposedly a game manager that's ball security's number one asset, 11 picks. Not great either. The reason Drew's turnover stuck out so much was the fact that it didn't come with a with with enough um, countervailing big plays right? The big long touchdowns that make you forget about the pick you threw in the first quarter, whatever. You know, he had a few moments like that, including the uh, storm back against the Chargers in the fourth quarter. And there were a few other games like that, Carolina. Uh, But nevertheless, that's one of the things is when it's out of balance like that, it becomes more conspicuous. Fans notice it more, media notice it more, and the quarterback pays the price. Riley, appreciate that. Super sticker, my friend, number one fan. Seriously, appreciate you, dog. Connect with us on Twitter so that we can stay in touch Uh, Mark Langley in the house. What's up, bro? MHH, Mount Rushmore superstar. What's up, my guys? Lock will unlock. Mark my words. Hashtag huddle up pod. Hashtag hey, John. Football priest, MHH. Love you, Mark. Good to see you, as always, bro. Thank you, sir. Uh, I want to grab this real quick from Matt on Twitter. Shermer just needs to call more play action. It will lead to increased targets for Fant. That was another maddening component to last year's offense. There was no play action, dude. There was none. I mean – None is an absolute, and I try to avoid absolutes. So there were so few that why does that matter? All right, when you're not play faking at all, even if a if an opponent is not sure if the coming play is going to be a run or a pass, if you're not mixing in a healthy amount of play action, they can sell out. They can they're they're not. It's like you know what was one of our complaints about Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson last year? Both of them really struggled to not get fooled by opposing play action. They would suck up on the play fake, vacate that middle zone, and they'd go right over their head. Boom, completion, boom, completion. You got to – that's another thing that's on Shermer. You got to pepper that in more consistently and creatively so that the defense that you're facing each and every week is more on its heels. And that not only affects the linebackers in the middle, Zach, it affects the safeties. It even affects the corners, all right? So that's definitely something that needs to improve on the X's and O's side from the coordinator. 
We've had a question is as to why the Broncos veteran OC is ignoring a uh, future perennial Pro Bowl tight end. Then we have another comment pointing out that the co- that the coordinator did not call play action for a second year, first time, full time starting quarterback. It's pathetic, Chad. What other fan base has this complaint that their core coordinators not call play action for their quarterbacks? It's literally football one on one. It's offense one on one. It's the first thing on the first page of your offensive coordinator's playbook. Why wouldn't you want to do that and help out your young quarterback and also your running game, Chad, because the threat of the run will also increase when he pulls the ball away so they're getting it to the running back. It's absolutely a complaint, and and that's why I'm saying unless Pat Shermer suddenly grows a brain, it's really not going to matter what the Broncos' offense do, no matter who's a quarterback. It's a concern, dude, to quote the big Lebowski. Tom L. Greco, good to see you, brother. If Drew fails this year, bona fide superstar right here. I'll solely blame Pat Shermer for probably ruining Drew's career. Thanks, guys. Well, let's hope it doesn't get that far, Zach. I don't think it will. I think if he bombs in Denver, I think he'll go on to have success somewhere, maybe as a backup, but I think we would see a better Drew Locke once he's free from Pat Shermer. Calvin, good to see you, brother, and another great superstar that we've been able to connect with on Twitter, which is always great. He says, what's up, Broncos country? I missed the last few pods. Um, Last season, let's see. Long season. Long season starting has kept me busy, which only means one thing. Broncos football is here. Let's go. Yeah, dude, that means that if, if the grass is starting to grow, right, you got to get the uh, aeration done. You got to get the fertilizer on that sucker, the weed, the, the, what is it, the weed and feed, lawn mowing, all that stuff. That means we're inching ever closer to the draft, and then we're going to inch ever closer to the actual football season. Amen, brother. Yeah, manscaped.com, promo code huddle, weed whacker, lawnmower. Yeah, and it's another Sunday, Chad, where no football. And I mentioned the Raiders Broncos game that was on NFL Network. I watched that with some sadness because I miss football already. I really do. And I can't wait for September to get here when football is back. All right, real quick, I'm going to circle back and see. I, th- I think it jumped and we missed a few people. Uh, John, real quick, we need. Um, we need Tom again. We need Willie again. And then other than that, we need Chris and Dennis, and then we're current after Josh here. So uh, Rogue Theory, a.k.a. Josh, good to see you, brother. He says, just saying what's up, gents. Go Broncos. Hashtag let them hate. The number of things that I have in common with this cat is crazy, right? First of all, punk rock, Broncos. Looks like he's a pretty nerdy Star Wars fan as well. So that's three things, dude. You know, that's like they say in the Bible, in the mouth of three witnesses. Also, in the sign of three things in common, that means we're meant to be, dog. Good to have you. Chad found his uh, bromance. Bromance alert. Willie, appreciate you, bro. Can we get a quick shout-out for my man, John? Hats off. Of course. John Cronenberg, producer uh, extraordinaire, the community maven extraordinaire. We couldn't do it without John. John is the man, and it's always good. And thanks for bringing that up, Willie. It's, it's good for John to hear that from you, from us, from everybody. The real MVP. Follow that man at John K M H H on Twitter. All right, real quick while John's queuing up a few things, Tom, thank you on Facebook. Um, all right, real quick here. I'm scrolling because I don't want to miss anybody while John gets a few queued up. Chris P, good to see you, bro. He says this QB class is overrated. Good show, guys. Yeah, the quarterback classes year in and year out are always overrated. I mean, that's just par for the course, guys. I mean, remember what they were calling 2018's class? This is the Hall of Fame class of 18. <laughs> They hadn't even stepped on a football field yet. Rosen's already busted. Darnold's already busted. 
Mayfield seemed to have finally turned a corner once they got their coaching ducks in a row. Lamar's been the truth. He's already an MVP. And then who am I missing? Oh, Josh Allen. So the three of the five have so far turned out. Two of them, not so much. But that's the way it goes, Zach. Quarterback classes year in and year out are vastly overrated. What about the 2012 class? You had Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III, and they're both out of the league or out of starting capacity. So, yeah, there's going to be – I think there's a at least one prospect in the top five that's a little overrated for my liking, but we'll say the same thing next year, Chad. It's just the, the nature of the beast when it comes to the draft. All right, we got Dennis here, and then we got one more from Christian, and then we're out. Appreciate you, Dennis. Another superstar. This guy in Michigan rocking the MHH dad hat like a distinguished boss, all right? Just showing some love. Appreciate you, too. Not as Thank much you, as Dennis. we appreciate you, brother. Trust on sure. me. Really, really means a lot. Thank you, Dennis. Um, all right, last one, guys, and then we got to go. Okay, we're, we're over here. Uh, Christian, appreciate you. When Glasgow is on the show, are you guys going to pick his brain about how you truly feel about Shermer and his thoughts on Locke? Because I want to see that. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get to some key issues uh, with regard to our, our show with Graham Glasgow, which is April 21st. It's a Wednesday night. The usual time, right? Six Mountain, eight Eastern. So yeah, we look forward to that. But uh, we we don't exactly have it um, planned out exactly what we're going to ask him. But trust, it's going to be appointment watching. Don't miss that episode. And you can't expect him to start bad mouthing his his fellow teammates or the coaching staff. He's going to say a lot of I think players speak. But we're excited to have him on and hopefully get some insight from inside the locker room in Dove Valley. I'm very excited. All right, last thing here, we got a one last circle back to our great supporters on Facebook. Because I know there have been a few other, just just to make sure we cover all our bases here, we don't want to leave any of our supporters out in the cold. Let me just run through these names one last time, guys. I appreciate each and every one of you. John Houston, Tom Rallis, Jeremy uh, Kusish, uh, Brad Murdoch, Sean Miller, Randy Jones, Gary Leeds Palmer, Joshua Shadow. Each and every one of you, seriously, mile high salute, hats off, love you, appreciate you. Always great to have you. And with that, Zach, oh, look. DW top roping it at the 11th hour. Here's the, here's the two minute drive come from behind Dale with the clock winding down on the road, AFC title game against the Browns. Dale drops back, hits Mark Jackson touchdown. This bad boy is going to overtime. Rich Carlos seals it in, in overtime. Broncos are going to the Super Bowl. Dale, love you, brother. He says, great job, gents. Broncos country. Thank you, Dale. We appreciate you so much. And uh, we hope you had a good night and enjoy the podcast tonight. Always great. All right, guys, we got to go. Thanks for being with us. Connect with us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, at Mile High Huddle, at Kelberman NFL, at Chad and Jensen, and last but not least, at John K. MHH. Become a supporter on Facebook so that you can get access to Kelberman's Corner, to the Trickle Zone. And by the way, we have received a few questions from some of our great supporters, Zach, who aren't able to be in the live show, and they're wondering how do we then watch the show if we're not there live? Guys, if you're a supporter and you're not, and it's okay if you miss a live show, because you're a supporter, all you got to do is go to the Mile High Huddle Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Click on videos, scroll down, you'll see the one you missed. All right. It's as easy as that. So they're on demand after they've, the the live has expired. They're on demand to, to be watched at your leisure. Willie, appreciate you, bro. He says, I can attest, John's a hell of a guy and a follow. Yes, he is. John's the man. We're right there with you. Thank you, Willie, too, for your donation, your support. We appreciate you. Sign us off, Zach. Yes, guys. Chad, have a great night. It was great to get back into podcasting, putting a bow on this week or however you want to look at it. Maybe it's the start of a new week of podcasting. But thank you, John, for handling the behind the scenes. Thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. Do we get a last-minute 
Last, this is one that we missed. This is my fault. Tom, love you, bro. Just real quick, read that off, Zach, and then sign us yeah. Fangio and Shermer are antiques in today's football. It's not the players. It's the coaching. Thanks, guys. Anyone who followed me on Twitter, you know, pre the live podcast or even during the podcast knows coaching, coaching, coaching. It makes all the difference in the world. And unfortunately, the Broncos, and I, I agree with that with Vic Fangio. He's very stubborn and very old school. And it's hurt the Broncos at times. We can only hope, though, Chad, they realize the error of their ways and come to 2021 and out of the 90s or the 80s, whatever they're stuck in. But thank you, Michael. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in with us tonight. Another great podcast. Thank you, another Michael. We will be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Be there. Join us. Thank you, Charlie. We're going to give it 110%. Yes, we will. Uh, We will see you then. Take care. Have a good night. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.